All right, you can be seated. Hey, um, one of the things I love about people is finding things that we have in common. Um, we live in a world that always points out the differences, but I'll bet you there's something that we all have in common. I'm going to ask you a question. This is an all-skate. It's going to be super easy. I'm just kind of curious. Pretty sure I know the answer. But how many people in this room today or watching online or at Sweetwater in Tennessee, our, our, our partner church, how many people in this room at some point have felt judged by someone else for any reason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's everybody. And if you didn't raise your hand, welcome to earth because we <laughs> judge people. You've been judged for your politics or, you know, or, or the team that you cheer for, or maybe what you wore or maybe what you didn't wear. I mean, I don't know. We all get judged for certain things. And I've been thinking about doing this series for, for, you know, even before we planted the church, but the thing that solidified that we needed to do a whole series on Only God Can Judge Me wasn't the fact that I listen to Tupac every once in a while, which I do, um, but it, it was something that happened with my daughter and I, Karis, and our dog, Chance. Ever since Karis was two years old, if you ask her what she wanted for Christmas, she said, a dog. It, I mean, it just, and I was like, okay, you're not, you're not getting a dog. And because I know what's going to happen, you get the dog, then if you're a parent, you know who winds up taking care of the dog, right? So we take it, and so I'm like, you're not getting a dog every year. So this year, this year, we were sitting on my couch in my apartment, and I said, what do you want for Christmas? And she looked at me, she said, a dog. I was like, you know what, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. She's like, really? I was like, maybe, because I live in an apartment. And so I had to, I had to reach out to the, to the person that owns the apartment and say, listen, my daughter's always wanted a dog, and I've, I, I want a dog too. I said, what if we got a dog that did not shed? Because I'd gone over my rental contract and I said, you can't have a dog, a cat, a fish, a bird, like every, all, an, an otter, a ferret. I mean, everything's listed out. I'm like, okay. who? Anyway, so I, I said, but she wants a dog, and I want a dog. So if I got one that did not shed, would that be okay? And, and the apartment owner said, I think that's a great idea. And, th and I think you should. So Karis and I are sitting on the couch Christmas Eve, and we found the dog online. We put, you know, and said, like, you want this dog? She's like, yeah. So we put a deposit down. And I was like, you know, dogs like this, it takes quite a while. So it'll probably be like six months. Well, a couple nights later, we're sitting on the couch, and I got an email that basically said, your dog is ready. And I'm like, wow, I think they put some microwave this dog. I don't know what I don't know, I don't know what kind of breeders these are, but wow. And so so we went um, and picked up the dog. We're so excited. We made a big deal out of it. In fact, we got in my truck. We drove to Greenville where the dog was. But before we went to pick up the dog, we had to go eat, and we went to eat at <laughs> every time. Every time. I mean, every time. Um, that's why I'm not gonna live to 50. So anyway. Um, and, and then we go pick up the dog, and I, and I put this picture on social media, and it still just makes me so happy. Now, some of you are like, I thought Chance was going to come out today. Chance is the dog. It was, but Chance was possessed by Satan this morning um, and could not stop crapping. So, that, so he is not, he's here, but anyway, barely, barely. This right here, though, absolutely just warmed my heart. If you're a parent... My, if you are a human, that has to do something for you. So I put this on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and I was like, 
got a dog, and, and, and I, I was praying it wouldn't happen. I was praying it wouldn't happen, but I knew it was going to happen. But you ever have known something was going to happen, pray it wouldn't happen? I'm praying it's not, not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Sure enough, the picture had been up 10 minutes, and the rescue dog people came after me. Let me pause. I love rescue dogs. I, if I had a backyard, I would have 13, 14, 15 dogs in the backyard. I love I, not against rescue dogs at all, but it got bad. It was like, think about all the dogs that were killed because you got this dog. I'm like, and Karis is like, what's that, daddy? I'm like, nothing, delete, delete, delete. She's like, what's that? Nothing, delete. How could you do this? Delete. I mean, people were just over a dog. They didn't, nobody asked about the circumstances. Nobody asked about the situation. Nobody asked about any of that. It's just people judge, and they judge over dogs. They judge over clothes. They judge over cars. They judge over homes. They judge over everything, and it gets absolutely crazy. So, so I started thinking about this, and I thought about a guy in the Bible. His name is Matthew. Now, Matthew was a follower of Jesus. He was one of the apostles. They followed him around everywhere. And Matthew actually recorded one of the sermons that Jesus preached called the Sermon on the Mount. It's one, of his, it's one of his most famous sermons, popular sermons. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this phrase. Matthew wrote about it, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, where Jesus said, do not judge. That's what Jesus said. Now, by the way, that's the only Bible verse that some people know. And they don't know where it is. They don't know who said it, but they're like, the Bible says do not judge. Um, and it does. Jesus said, do not judge. Now, just a real quick confession. I am not a smart person. Many of you already knew that. I, I went to college and then went to seminary. Seminary is like graduate school for preachers, but I dropped out. And one of the main reasons I dropped out was because of Greek class. I mean, I can barely speak English. So um, they had me in Greek, and they're trying to tell me what Greek means. And so I didn't understand the Greek, and it's important to understand Greek because the New Testament is written in Greek, and I don't know what to do. And so this week, this week, for just because I'm a pastor and I do this stuff, I went to Google. Thank God for Google. I went to Google, and I researched, what does this mean right here in the Greek? What does do not judge mean? And according to the Greek language and all the scholars, do not judge means do not judge. That's what it means. Now, now, here's what's crazy. This is something that Jesus said. Jesus said, do not judge. But the question I have, and I'm sure the question that you've had, is if Jesus said, do not judge, then why do people that claim to follow Jesus also seem to be the most judgmental people that we know? And, and I'm not picking on them. I've been a part of that too. I've been a part of the Jesus judge crowd, right? And I believe people are essentially judgmental for two different reasons. Two reasons. The first reason most Christians won't tell you, but it's true. And the second reason we all know. The first reason that people judge is because they're jealous. You say, Perry, what do you mean they're jealous? They're jealous of all the fun that sinners have. No, it's like, I can't believe that person. They're smoking, they're drinking, they're cussing, they're sleeping around, they're doing all this, and they're getting a pay raise, and I love Jesus, and I'm reading my Bible, and I'm having my quiet time, and I'm not looking at porn, and I'm poor. They need to suffer like I'm suffering. And then, and then because of that, Christians will make up phrases that are stupid, and they're not true. And they'll say, well, they're sinning, but they're not having fun. Oh, I promise you. I promise you if they're sinning, they're having fun. In fact, 
if you are sinning and not having fun, you ain't doing it right, right? That'll be our next t-shirt, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but they look at people and they're like, oh my gosh, they're having fun. I'm not having fun. I'm miserable. They should be miserable like me. Oh, and have you ever met someone that's actually happy that there's a hell? That, you know, there, people are going to hell. Are, are you excited about that? Because that's a little jacked up. But they're jealous. The other reason that people judge is because they're self-righteous. Now, all of us have done this before, and all of us have had this done to us before, where we have a certain standard, and if people don't measure up to our standard, then they're not as good as us. Oh, by the way, by the way, the best definition I've heard of judgment ever. It's not my own. Somebody else come, came up with it. I heard it a couple years ago, and it's just stuck with me ever since. The best definition I've ever heard of judgment is this, is when you size somebody up, and then you write them off. You size them up, and you write them off. And that's what self-righteous people do. They'll size you up. You don't measure up to their standard, and then you'll write them off. But something I've personally discovered through my own experiences and through my experiences with other people is that self-righteous people are rarely self-aware people. When somebody is super self-righteous, they're not very aware. Because, because Jesus did say, do not judge. But that's not the only thing he said. Jesus had some more. Like, like if, if this is all Jesus said, do not judge, then we could go home. Be a short sermon. Everybody just live peacefully and don't say anything to anybody. But Jesus said this. Jesus said this. Do not judge, comma, not a period. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In other words, like, kind of like the great theologian Justin Timberlake said, what goes around comes around, right? That song's stuck in your head now. You're welcome. Now, ask yourself this question because I ask myself this question when I'm preparing for this. If somebody's going to come after me or somebody's going to judge me, how do you want to be judged? Because the way you want to be judged, that's the way you should approach other people. Now, we got a few options. As always, I'm going to give everybody options. The first option is angrily. Why is it? Why is it? That the people that claim to be the closest to Jesus seem to be the angriest people that we know. When there's only one or two times in the scriptures where Jesus got angry, he went to the temple one time and just tore everything up. I mean, that, I mean but he had a reason. But why is it? Because, because I've done this. I remember years ago, I was in a band, um, and we weren't that good. But we got a gig, and these people hadn't heard us. So they were going to pay us. If you heard us, you weren't going to pay us. But they hadn't heard us, and so they were going to pay us like 100 bucks. So I'm calling everybody the night before going, hey, you're going to be there, right? You're going to be there. This is back during the landline days. Some of you remember that? You're going to be there, right? You're going to be there, right? I called the drummer. And I said, you'll be there, right? And he went, well, see, I'm meaning to talk to you about that. And I was like, what do you mean? I mean, meaning to talk to me about that. Things tomorrow night. I'm just doing this as a courtesy. He said, yeah, something came up. And I, I never will forget, I got so angry. This is embarrassing and slightly, slightly awesome at the same time. I got so angry. It's the last time I ever did this. I got so angry, I, I hit my coffee table. I don't know if you've ever been angry that you hit something and broke it in half. And I was like, that's, that's 
that's a little VA right there. But anyway, I, I broke my coffee table in half, and then I started talking smack about him to all our friends. I was like, I can't believe he did that, and he doesn't love Jesus as much as we love Jesus. We're taking up our cross, and we're following Jesus, and he's a lazy drummer. And nah, 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 nah. We're kind of going off on him. I was angry at him, and because I was angry at him, I said some very bad things about him. Found out about three days later that he had a really serious family situation that he didn't, he didn't feel comfortable talking to me about over the phone. I was angry. And if you've ever had somebody come after you that was angry at you, it didn't cause you to want to quit or listen. In fact, if, as they elevated their volume, you elevated your volume, and, they, and nothing got resolved. And if you've, ever came, if you've ever gone at somebody angry, nothing got resolved, right? The, the second way that we judge is religiously. Have you ever been judged, but they didn't judge you, they just kind of, Christians, Christians, we have several terms. We won't judge you, we'll just come to you and say, hey, hey, um, brother, sister, I'm concerned for you. <laughs> have you ever had the concern? My thing is this. You can't be concerned for me if you're not connected to me. Just because you view me from a distance, don't break off telling me you're concerned. You're judging me right now. You have no idea what's going on. I'm, 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 I'm concerned. This is my favorite. It's when you get judged during prayer time. Have you ever been judged in a prayer request? All right, y'all, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray for some. I mean, somebody in this circle smoking crack. I'm just saying I'm not going to point fingers. But we're going to pray for crack smokers, all right? And we're going to pray for Cindy. So y'all let's hold hands. Dear God, we love you. God, forgive all the crack smokers. And God, we pray for Cindy because you're the only one that can actually reveal who the Father actually is in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a little judgmental. Would you agree? But we, we, we can do that, and we disguise it. We disguise it as we dress it up as Christianese or religiously. The third way that we can be judged is mercifully. Now, that's how I would prefer for you to approach me. The, you know where I learned this? Um, I love speed. At, I love two speed. Let me back up and replay that. This is a second chance. And only got, like that clip is already on, the, on YouTube somewhere. Pastor P loves speed. Never tried it. Um, but I love two speed. I love to drive fast. There's a reason there's a maximum speed limit in your car. If you're a teenager, don't listen to me right now. Um, so, so because of that, I accumulated a lot of speeding tickets and had to go um, j just pay insurance out the wazoo. So finally, I got, my, I got a speeding ticket on Bellevue. If you live in Anderson, eventually you will get a speeding ticket on Bellevue. The reason Anderson County made Bellevue is to raise money. It's a four lane and it's 35 miles an hour. And I was listening to the radio, and I was just kind of lost in myself and driving down Bellevue. All of a sudden, I saw the blue lights pull me over, and I am just devastated because I was a broke college student. And so it, it was a $150 fine. And I went to a friend of mine, and I was showing him the ticket. He goes, oh, you ought to go to court. I was like, I've never, I've never gone to court. I've just paid the fine. He goes, oh, no, no, no. He said, I know this judge. He's a good guy. You need to go to court. I was like, okay. So I went to court and sat. You had to sit through all the people that have got arrested the night before. Side note, if you ever feel bad about your life, <laughs> just go to court and listen to the stories of the people that got arrested the night before. You'll walk away going, you know what? I'm not so bad. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. 
So I sat there and listened to all of that. There's lots of sermon illustrations there. And finally, I went in front of the judge. And I've never been in front of a judge before. So I'm standing there, and he's up here. And he's like, "Um, why are you here? And I was like, a friend told me I should come. Literally, I said that. He said, were you speeding? I was like, yes, sir. And he picked it up. He said, 52 and a 35 on Bellevue? I was like, yes, sir. He said, I'm asking you again, why are you here? I said, well, honestly, Your Honor, I said, "Um, I've heard that you were like a lenient judge and that you might show some mercy. (laughs) And I'm a broke college student, and I'm in ministry, and I am just trying to make ends meet. And he looked at me, and he said, can you pay $50? And I said, I was, I was shocked. I was like, yes. And he's like, $50. I should have said, no, sir, I got 20 I mean, I should have negotiated. That's what I should have done. But, 50, but, but here's the deal. I'll never forget that. You know why? Because he had the authority to, like, bring that. But he showed mercy. Now, if somebody's going to approach me in a conversation to confront me about something, I don't want them to yell at me, and I don't want them to disguise it because Christians will throw rocks at you, but as long as they draw a cross on the rock, it's okay, right? I I want you to come at me mercifully. Here's why. Because this is how Jesus approaches us, mercifully. Now, here's the deal with the whole judgment thing. Because this is the question that people have. Perry, okay, I get it. Don't judge. But I've got a friend or I've got a family member, and I'm watching them go down a path that if something doesn't change, they're going to absolutely destroy their life. What do I do? Do I say anything or do I just step back and go, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to say anything. Jesus addresses that. And the way he does it, is so brilliant, just like everything he says. I've been reading the Bible now for 30 or 40 years, and I've never seen this. I mean, it just came alive over the past several weeks. This is what Jesus said. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Pause, pause. We're going to stop right there. Because I've never heard anybody teach on that. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust. Has anybody ever had anything in your eye? You ever got just something, and it's just, it's just, it's in your eye. You know, you're just sitting there, and it's, and it's irritating, right? I had a broke contact one time in my eye. Yeah, and I put it there. So that's, I mean, that's, the, I'm stupid. Um, there's a whole other story there, but I, just something's in your eye, and some of you right now, you're sympathetic, and like your eye's starting to hurt, and you don't even know why. <laughs> It's, it's because of that sin in your life. Um, but anyway, <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever noticed that if you've got something in your eye, you don't have to tell some, you, you, you don't have to have somebody tell you there's something in your eye because you know it. Hey, man, there's something in your eye. Really? Really? Because I, I, had, I had no idea why my tear ducts were wide open and snot is like falling down my face. I had no idea. But you know what's serious about a speck of sawdust in your eye? If you leave it in there long enough, it's going to get infected, right? In fact, if you leave it in there long enough, you could, you could lose your eye. So the speck in somebody's eye is a really big deal. It's got to be dealt with. It's, it's, We've got to get that speck out of there because that's a serious thing. You don't want to leave that thing. And, but the thing that Jesus said, Jesus said, he said, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye. 
He says brothers. Now, he says brothers three times within the context of these verses, three times, which implies relationship. He didn't say, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your Facebook friend's eye? Is that the devil's playground or what? I mean, I, like, like why, why do you do? Because on social media, I'm not anti-social media. All these people that are anti-social, I am for social media as long as we all admit that we put our highlight reel on social media. Do we not? Nobody wakes up first thing in the morning, snaps a picture, and goes, feeling awesome. No, 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 you don't do it. And if you do, knock it off. That's not cool, right? <laughs> your family picture that looks so beautiful, you had to threaten your kids with bodily harm, right? Or you, you put them on Benadryl so they would just calm down enough for the picture. Don't judge. You've done it. I know you have. But the deal is, Jesus said, why do you look at the speck of And your brothers, in other words, you're connected to these people. You know them. You have a relationship with them. It's not somebody that you hang out with two or three times a year. You are connected with them. Jesus said, why do you look at the speck of sawdust and your brother, somebody you care about, like you really care about this person? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? And then he said this, and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. Now, when Jesus said that, everybody laughed because it's funny. Because it would be like somebody walking around with a plank <laughs> going, I need to talk to you after the service about the speck of sawdust in your eye. We got to get specks out of our eyes today. All you, these people have more specks in their eyes than these people. We got to get, and if I was preaching a message like this, nobody can take me seriously right now. Some of y'all been wondering, like, what is he going to do with that piece of wood? It, it's, it's a plank in my eye. And if I came up to you and said, listen, brother, I'm concerned for you. I want to get that speck out of your eye. You would be like, um, it's fine. You, you have a plank. <laughs> right? In, in your eye. Jesus, Jesus said that though. Jesus said, why would you do that? How can you say to your brother, he goes in verse four, how can you say to brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite. And a hypocrite, all a hypocrite is, is somebody that's more obsessed with someone else's sin than their own. That's what a hypocrite is. He said, you hypocrite. First, in other words, there's a process to this. The, Jesus said the very first thing that we've got to do is take the plank out of your own eye. In other words, deal with this so you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus it didn't say ignore the speck, don't say anything about the speck. He says before you bring up the speck to your brother, get by yourself and deal with your own junk. Because when we go, God, I'm concerned about Frank because Frank, because I see this, but but God, but before I go to Frank, is there anything in my life? Where am I falling short? Show me, God, so I can talk to Frank. And what happens when we deal with our own sin, it allows us to approach Frank with humility and with patience and with gentleness. We don't yell at Frank. 
We don't throw rocks with crosses on them. We actually have humility in the conversation, which at the end of the day, if somebody approaches me with mercy, I listen to them all day long, whether I agree with them or not. It's kind of like this. Let's say that we all went to dinner. It's going to be a big dinner. They bring out the salad, the good salad. Like I like good salad. I don't like the, the white, cheap lettuce. I like the green lettuce. Like the, it's because it's got all the nutrients in it. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you're eating the lettuce and take the salad away. What if me and you are sitting next, together, next to each other? I'm just sitting next to you, and I look over, and I notice you got a little <laughs> lettuce in your teeth. It sits right there. And you're a smiler. You're one of those teeth that you just kind of, <laughs> you're just smiling at everybody. Big old piece of lettuce right there. I'm just kind of curious. I'm just kind of curious. How many of you would want me to tell you you've got some lettuce in your teeth? And yeah, 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 yeah. It's everybody. It's everybody. Now, it's the way that I approach it, right? Because if I said, Hey, you idiot! You got some freaking lettuce in your teeth! You need to learn how to eat! We're probably never going to dinner again, are we? Because you're going to leave going, you know, Pastor P is as weird as we thought he was. Or if I go, brother, brother, sister, I would like to pray with you about the condition of your teeth. No, 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 just come out. But, but, but. Tell me, and don't, don't be like, hey, y'all, got, got a prayer request for the table. Just, just be like, hey, hey, man. <laughs> but this is, what's, this is what's beautiful about it. Before you tell somebody that they have lettuce in their teeth, what do you do? You check, you, I got that tongue. Going crawl. Because if I tell you that you got lettuce in your teeth, but I got lettuce and tomato and a cucumber and a bacon bit right here, right? Hey, you got some lettuce in your teeth. You're going to be like, oh, God, well, next to you, I look awesome, right? It's the same thing. It's, it's the same thing. Before you tell somebody they've got lettuce in their teeth, get the garden out of your mouth. Now, this is, this is what's crazy, because if you circle back to judge and judgment and stuff, I think that the world that we live in today, that judgment is an epidemic. And, and I do think a lot of it is caused by um, a lot of stuff that gets said about people on social media. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about there are people in this room that you have had to deal with keyboard warriors who have said some things about, they would never say to your face, but they've said some things to you or about you, and it just leaves you feeling weighted and worthless. Right? How do you deal with those people? Well, Jesus addressed that. Jesus did. He talked about all the judgment, and then he said in Matthew 3, or Matthew 7, 6, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, 
they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, just so you know, I know, I know a little something about this. I try to be pretty positive on, on social. Don't, I don't always succeed, but if you follow any of my social media accounts, I try to be pretty positive, encouraging. And several months ago, before we actually started having services, I put up a post where I was talking about the church and the potential for the church and, and all that I felt like God was going to do and just being super excited on Facebook, and I got this comment. Spoken like a true alcoholic who has not yet surrendered. Maybe you can sing Highway to Hell at Halloween. The word does not change with your circumstances. Now, first of all, we did Highway to Hell 10 years ago. Isn't it funny how some people will remind you of what you did 10 years ago? And by the way, I'd do it again. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> Some churches are like, we wouldn't do it. I'm like, because your band couldn't sing it. But you know, I got to be honest with y'all. I got to be honest with you. I mean, I, I project a pretty tough, um, I, gotta, I project a pretty tough exterior. That one, that one got me. That one got me. You know, because when you, when you fight like hell to overcome something, and then somebody calls you by what you used to be, that hurts. And I'm not, I'm not talking about, listen, I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you. Some of you know exactly what this, this is like. People have called you by who you used to be, by what you used to do, and you have felt torn down and defeated and why do I even try and I looked at this comment and it just weighed on me until I realized you know what it's just like we sang about I'm not who he says I am because if I let him define me if I let him define me I'll stay defeated and if you let other people define you then you will stay defeated. But I just made a list, not of who he said I am, but of who Christ said I am and who Christ said you are. And Christ said that you are forgiven. And Christ said that you are accepted. And Christ said that you are unconditionally loved. And Christ said you are made new. And Christ said you are free. And Christ said you are chosen. And Christ said you are not forsaken. Jesus Christ defines who I am. They don't get to define who I am. And they don't get to define who you are either. Because Jesus set us free. I'm just saying, everybody stand with me. I'm just saying, the rest of the people stand. I'm just saying, you for too long have let other people define you. Because if they had had to go through what you went through, they would be dead right now. They wouldn't even be standing. But not only are you standing, you are all of these things in Christ. So don't let people that don't even know you define you anymore. That stops today. They don't get to define you. Jesus defines you.
Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I thank you that you said these things are true. And Father, I pray for those in the room that have just felt the weight of condemnation and judgment. God, that you would absolutely speak truth into our lives right now. Forgiven, unconditionally loved, accepted, made new, free, chosen, not forsaken. That's who we are. And if you're here today with heads bowed and eyes closed and you don't know Christ, these things right here are all true about you. And as soon as you accept Christ, just like asking Jesus to come into your life, that's it. And so if you're here today and you don't know Christ or you're watching online and you want to ask Christ to come into your life, you want to give your life to Jesus, I just want to invite you to pray right where you're standing. Jesus Christ, right now, you just pray this in your heart. Say, Jesus Christ, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I need you. Come into my life and save me. In your name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed to receive Christ, would you put your hand up and just leave it up for just a couple seconds because I want to celebrate with you. If you're online, if you would use the hand raise emoji. Anyone else? Anyone else? Amen. If you're here with heads still bowed and eyes still closed and you have felt the weight of condemnation and judgment by other people and, and it hurts and you're still dealing with that hurt, we as a church... We, we get it. We've got an incredible care team that would love to pray with you or for you or just listen to your story. So before I dismiss everybody, if you're here today and you want someone to pray with you or for you about the judgment that you feel like you carry, I just want you to step out of your aisle right now and I want you to walk out the back doors, these exit doors, because there's care room volunteers that are back there. And there are people moving, so you just feel the freedom to go right now. You have let other people define you. You've let it get to you. It's weighed you down. You're dealing with some depression. You're dealing with some anxiety. You're dealing with some fear. There are dozens of people moving, so you just go. You just go right now because this is a safe place to not be okay. Anyone else? Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that from the cross, you said the words, it is finished. Not they are finished, but it is finished. Sin has been paid for, Jesus, and in you we are free. May we walk out of here today, God, knowing, Jesus, that no matter what the world says about us, what you say about us in the end is what's going to matter. We love you, Jesus, and everyone that agreed said amen. Hey, don't miss part two next week. Don't miss part two. And if you come at 915, you get a free tea. All right, love you guys. God bless.